Nope. Nope, that's not that's not music. Hey, welcome to Front Seat Gamer. I'm this podcast's Carl Pilkington, Nick. Yes. I'm here with Severn. Hey, man. AKA Ricky Gervais. No, wait. And <laughs> Blake. Uh, oh, I'm Steve Merchant, ain't I? <laughs> um, how's it going, guys? <laughs> Good, man. Good. Um, so, it's been, been a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake's been playing some Zelda. Yep, been playing some Zelda. I've been playing mostly phone games because I've been waiting for Zelda. Right. Did you go back to Clash Royale? No. Hearthstone? I have been playing some Hearthstone. Um, New expansion came out, so we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah, dude. I know nothing about that new expansion. Like, I have have friends. Well, you're in luck. (laughs) I I have friends that are like into uh, like Blizzard stuff, and normally they keep me up to date with that, but I've heard nothing, so it was a total surprise that this came out. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, And Severn, you've been playing a little. uh, a little bit of Horizon. I yeah. made it to Meridian City. Nice. And um, yeah, that that game's still still that game. <laughs> it hasn't really progressed too much. Yeah, dude. Like um, the um, w- when I hear people talk about this game, first week everyone was fucking stoked about it. Like this is an amazing game. Yeah. Second week people were like, kind of like coming down mm. on it, mm. and like now I'm not hearing anything. Yeah, I think the dinosaur robots kind of faded away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I caught Cam in the uh, kitchen, and he was like, "You know, I thought about it. I still like The Witcher." And I was like, "Dude, mu- The like- Witcher's pretty good." What the hell? Cam Cam is uh, playing through one of the the first DLC, the Hearts of Stone, mm. and uh, last weekend he he started playing through it, and he was texting me updates because he was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this! The story is amazing." Yeah. The story is amazing. The story is amazing. Yeah. Like, that game is These the story. These fish quests are great, man. Mm. <laughs> These portals inside <laughs> of chess. So, let me ask you a question. Now, uh, Witcher is an open world game. Yep. Uh, and story is a big, important part of it. Is story a big, important part of uh, your enjoyment of games? Hmm. I mean, it depends on the game, right? Um, I mean, if, like... Well, that's the thing. Like, does it? Because... Uh, I I normally think that like story is pretty important, but not so like like I mean, look, Elder Scrolls stories are fine. Yeah, but I really enjoy Elder Scrolls games. Mm-hmm. Zelda story is pretty terrible, but it is one of the most interesting. interesting I mean, games Zelda's story is almost as um as like uh, basic as you can get. Yeah. right. Like it's you're a hero. You got to beat a bad guy, yeah. And there's a princess to rescue, yeah. And you you can go looking for more detailed story elements, but for the most part, the story is is very secondary yeah. to everything else. And and the thing, um, you know, playing through Zelda and talking to the character uh, characters in there, they just they kind of do just repeat the same thing over and over and over. That there was a catastrophe a yeah. hundred years ago. You're this this legendary hero, mm. and you got to save the world. Like they just say it over and over. Yeah. It's on, it's on everyone's like mind constantly. Is that, is he famous? He seems to be. Yeah. yeah. You you are sort of a celebrity. Um, Mm -hmm. and in fact, there's like a, a running gag in that game, uh, uh, where a link is a hottie 
Have you mm. picked up on that? Kind of. Yeah. If you talk, there's a lot of female characters. Yeah. You talk to them, and even some male characters. You talk uh. to them, and they're like, "Hey, how's it going? <laughs> no, what, what's up? Yeah." And um, like you got to. Well, they always, they always, because there's no voice acting, they just have that little sound bite at the start, yeah. and it's always like the chick is always like, "Huh." <laughs> like they're just so surprised and excited that you're even talking to them. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There is there are definitely people who are like sort of starstruck when they meet you. Yeah. Um. What's interesting about Zelda's story? Um. My. I, when I say there's the story is sort of secondary. Um. I should point out the main the main quest line story is very secondary. There's actually a lot of little stories like within each village. There's side quests and stuff, mm. and those stories are are um quite. In, they're not like super complex or anything, but they're interesting and they're well told. They lead they lead to interesting stuff at least. Yeah. Like um uh, I don't know how spoilery we want to get right now, but Okay, let's 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 preface this. We're gonna we're gonna probably this episode talk about Zelda in pretty great detail. Yeah. So if you haven't played Zelda and you don't want anything spoiled, which is totally understandable because that game is full of enjoyable mm. surprises. Uh, maybe and, save this podcast for later. And dude, that's totally what I had to do. Like a few weeks back, listening to video game podcasts when they're talking about Zelda, I'd have to be like, I just can't listen to this episode because I'm gonna play it and I don't want anything spoiled. Really? And, and dude, our um, our uh, level designer Dan, uh, we were <laughs> we were at lunch and I told him that that uh, I'd been playing it. And then he just like in casual conversation started spoiling stuff for me, yeah. and I was like, Whoa, man, you gotta stop talking. <laughs> yeah. But is it really that? Spoilery. Well, it's it's, it's the thing is that if you discovered them, yeah, on your own, you'd be like delighted and surprised. It's not. Know? It's not so much like you're going to spoil the story. You're not going to find out that yep. Ganon was Link's father the whole time or something mm. like that. Oh shit! Well, I hope not. Otherwise, <laughs> fucking spoiler. Um, but it's just like you 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 rob someone of discovering a little yeah. thing themselves. You know. Yeah. And the a big part of what makes that game so enjoyable is the is the discovery element. Mm. So I think to to take that away is um, to hurt that person's experience. Of yeah, story, yeah. And even just like, I mean, you you talked about uh, some very small little things about the Korok seeds. Yeah. Right. And so now whenever I go up atop of a hill and I see a stone there, I'm like, there's a Korok seed there. Yeah. And going into the game, I already knew to watch out for Spoiler, right. random Jeez. random stones right. on hills. Yeah, I think that probably harmed your enjoyment of the Korok seeds to uh, some extent. Only, only for that. Yeah. Only because I knew I, you know, I get to the top of a hill and be like, I see a stone. I bet this is what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um. But I think you there were probably lots of Korok seed archetypes that you discovered oh, yeah. on your own and, and sure. were very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. By. Yeah. Um. We were talking about. Um. So, let's let's talk a little bit about how you have progressed in Zelda. Now, when I played Zelda. I you hit it hard. Um, oh yes, I well, I, so I played it very like we checked the actual hours I played. I played 114 yep. hours. Your girlfriend <laughs> said you were basically gone for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I was. In I was the in same the same house. room. <laughs> same room. It was just like I would say, "Okay, goodbye, sweetie." <laughs> like we, I'm in the, I'm in the world of Hyrule. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So I would every five minutes would be like, "Oh my god, you have to see this," and like and show us something. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. oh yeah, Korok seed. Yeah, that's real <laughs> <Yep>. cool. Thanks. <laughs> Um, but so I, when I play the game, uh, I sort of followed to some extent what I perceived was their intended player direction. I went to Kakariko village and then yep. I went to Hateno village yep. and then I, um, 
I wandered around a little bit, but then I did like the first divine beast I did was the the elephant. Yep. Which is the first divine beast you did. But yeah. then like the last things I did were go to the the Akala region, which is quite far north. It's like the northeast region. Is that like Wait, did you say that was one of the last things you did? Yeah, that was like yeah, because that was one of the first things I did. Yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. So that was like the the like one of the last things, and then the very last right. thing I did was go to the uh, Death Mountain region. Oh so, right, well, yeah. So well, and that made maybe the second last. Anyway, those are like some of the last things I did. Whereas you sort of made a beeline for those two places. Yeah, well, um, the the main sort of quest guides you to those villages. Yeah. And then you get a quest to go to the top of the map in this, uh, what was it? Uh, the, the Akala region. Akala yeah. region. And so I was like, well, I might as well just do that. And um, because I'd I'd not um, revealed any of the map, basically, I couldn't tell where roads were going to lead. Mm. Uh, so I was like, well, I'm just going to head north and just went over some mountains and like along coastlines, like got into adventures all over the place, like, mm-hmm. and then ended up there and, and, still only had like four hearts or something yeah it's crazy to me because i i probably had about 15 or more yeah by the time i i went there um so we we sort of went in opposite directions to some mm. extent um and, and the um the the first divine beast that you found yes i mean the the basically the start of that whole sort of quest line is really close to the main road and so because i didn't go anywhere near this main road i found it on my way back, um, like uh, you would, did like did you just follow the road or um, not? Not really. I don't think so. I would. I think I I was just exploring that region. Okay. Like there's like a wetlands area. Yeah. And you head a little further north, and there's a river sort of. Yeah, region. yeah. And I think there was like a there's a pillar with a chest on top of it, and I went over to go to the pillar and try and climb that. And get the chest on top, mm. and there was an NPC there who was like, "Hey, yeah, you look like a person who needs to do a thing, and okay, you should yeah. go to this place." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Um, and then from there, I sort of yeah, guides you to cool. the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so. Despite the fact that I did the uh, that divine beast first, I don't think that was the first one I found. I actually, oh right, I think I went to the Rito village. I don't know if you've been there. No, yet. see, I've only um. I've only been to two villages because I was saying how I had like a bunch of uh, I'd done a bunch of shrines and had a bunch of these orbs to like level up, um, but I still <laughs> I still only had like four hearts for yeah. ages um, because I couldn't find any more towns and uh, all these shrines are in these towns to level up and yeah. I was like I'm so far from a town that I know it's gonna take me ages to get back. Yeah. Um, so uh, the reason I bring this up is because yeah. you went to. Uh, the Akala region, mm-hmm. where you found uh, a Korok seed archetype that I don't think I'd ever mentioned, which is where you f- there's like a little tree stump with a leaf painted on it. You stand on it, and suddenly it, it, it sort of a, a a flare, I guess, sort of shoots out of the tree mm. towards a, another location, and a big circle appears, and you start hearing a a clock ticking down. And yeah, the and- goal is to get from the tree stump to this circle wherever it is within the time limit um which is like sort of like a a, a novelty that uh, it doesn't really take place anywhere else in the game like it's it's a it's functionally like a race yeah um and in that in that particular place there was like a 10 second one that was like super super short and it was like a platformer like, yeah there was a crazy annoying one that i i couldn't do and it was a yeah this platformer one and i was like i can't do this i'm stupid game <laughs> <laughs> um so it was cool 
that you discovered that and you're like, this is really cool. And yeah, uh, yeah, no, it was cool that um, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that um, uh, I felt like I'd, I'd, you know, I hadn't been robbed of the discovery. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you even discovered, so you found like the the shrine at the there's like a skull shaped lake. Yep. In the Akala region, and there's a shrine on top of a pillar. Yep. And you did some stuff to get up to there. Um, yeah, yeah, because there's this giant pillar with a shrine at the top, and it's way, it's clearly too far to climb, and it didn't look like there were any rest stops along the way. Mm, so I was mm. like, oh, I'm going to have to get to a point that's higher in the mountain region nearby and then glide down to it. So I just did that. I just climbed up this really tall mountain neck near it and then glided down. And uh, glided so far, I had to take a stamina meal halfway through. <laughs> See, I I think I approached from next to the next to the giant pillar that this shrine is on. There's just like a cliff wall, right? And I just was on that, <laughs> and I glided over and climbed the rest of the way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I was when you, when you told me about that, I was like, huh, interesting. Well, I mean, <laughs> you would have had ma- a mass amount of stamina by then. I mean, I had like yeah, but it wasn't that far to glide, um, and it wasn't even that far to climb after that. It looked pretty far. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, sounds to me like you suck, Blake. What? <laughs> I thought I was very clever for doing that. No, oh, yeah, I, I was mean, like, I, yeah, I'm a smart guy. That's, that's what's so good about this game is you, you players can take entirely different approaches and still yeah. feel clever about it. Um, talking about that, there's something I found out last night. I haven't tried it yet, but I saw it in the news. Um, you can fly. What? Wait, wait. I, I, I've seen a couple gifts. So you is you, that with fire? No, no. Okay. You is you, it with balloons? No. Okay. You have a uh, a sort of magnetic ability where you can like pick up metal and move it around. Yep. So what you do there's there's a mine there's mine carts somewhere in the game. Yes. I haven't seen them yet. Yep. So if you put a metal cube in a mine cart and stand on the metal cube and then lift up the mine cart underneath, you can fly. <laughs> That's oh, some broken man. ass shit. Uh yeah, that sounds that sounds broken, but that sounds awesome yeah, as well. Yeah. Is it just like uh anywhere you want to go? Um I'm not sure. Uh, the video other... I saw it looked like they were just flying straight up. Oh, okay. Um I don't know. I want to try it and see if I can like move around mm-hmm. much. It looked really unstable, even yeah. though it was like going it just straight up. Sounds very precarious. Yeah. Like it, it I, I it was really like wobbling around so much that I think it had to be in a minecart that has like sides to the thing because yeah. it was like well jammed in there. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, cool, cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of little weird quirks that you can pull off. Um, you've probably seen gifs of people flinging themselves with the stasis. They they'll find like a, a boulder or a tree or like a oh, flat, right. yeah, flat yeah. rock. Um, they'll hit it with the stasis power. They'll smack it around with a bunch of weapons, and then they'll stand on it before the space the stasis wears off. They'll get flung. Yeah, I haven't I haven't actually done that. So um, I've done it. Uh, I haven't done it. For any constructive reason, other than just to try it out, just to do it, yeah. Um, all, because you get flung, you can lose a lot of life if you land badly or whatever. Oh right. But um, the glider in that game is one of the most enjoyable things of yes. Houses, I think. So I was thinking about that um, just before that. Um, like comparing it to like Skyrim, where you can climb all these mountains and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the glider makes you not afraid to climb these giant places because you're yes. like, I can just glide off there. Yes. And they, they've got it so that like um, the glider d- heart, like doesn't really use that much stamina to use. Um, mm-hmm. Like when 
when I first got it, I thought, oh man, it's going to be like, my stamina is going to just drain really fast. I'm going to need to upgrade my way through things. But no, straight away, you can glide for like minutes if you... Yeah, it's very generous. Um, but they also have locations where your your base stamina is not enough to, to reach. Somewhere, yeah, you know? well, you've um, got to eat a meal halfway through gliding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I quite like that. It, it feels very ample, and yet you also find situations where it's not enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was that was that's a a really cool uh, so good. addition to to that. It you make a very good point in that it uh, allows players to climb places without fear of reprisal. Yeah, you're not afraid of like, oh, how am I going to get down? Yes, like it's it's all cool in Skyrim to get to the top. Yeah. of you know that that giant mountain, but then right. what? I just go back down. You don't... Yeah, you have to like really carefully like yeah. slide down. Yeah, or it's it's kind of silly and at the same time like oftentimes it feels like especially in, in elder scrolls games there are locations that you want to climb to the top of and because of like the way the slope is or mm. whatever you you can't get there or, yeah. or or it feels really janky trying to get there yeah i've heard people describe things uh like janking your way up something as uh skyriming yourself somewhere <laughs> <laughs> like doing a bunch of like jump crouch like yeah, side yeah. strafing to get somewhere <laughs> like um, yeah you just skyrim up there <laughs> i remember in oblivion did you play oblivion either mm-hmm. play oblivion okay um severn hasn't like has uh there was there there was like a lake region um with like little islands in it right and uh you couldn't climb up onto the islands they were like sort of cliff faces and oh yeah i do that was i i think i remember this exactly it was uh you ended up there was a quest that took you there really yeah yeah huh um, if it's the, if it's the same thing i i remember because if you're swimming around this these islands and there are these like sheer cliffs that you can't get up on mm-hmm. but you can hear people inside the island like elf people talking about stuff okay this is and then there is a quest somewhere <laughs> where that takes you to that island Huh. Maybe this is it, but I, I I don't remember any of the elf people. I just remember finding like a, it was like a tiny island. Yeah, like um, it had some trees on it, but like there wasn't really much of a reason to get up there up there as far as I was aware. Mm. But um, in Oblivion, there were you could pick up all you know all all of these random objects on tables, um, and in crates you could find paintbrushes, and paintbrushes for whatever reason they didn't appear in the open world and they didn't have physics. No, um, yeah. Yeah, they were for this is a one quirk of the game. Paintbrushes didn't have physics, so you'd drop them in the world and you could stand on them because they would just be floating in midair. What the hell? So, um I used to use paint I used to carry a bunch of paintbrushes around and then use them to make steps. And so I climbed onto the I tried to climb on the island and there was an invisible wall. Yeah. I couldn't get through it. So, it was It like, must be dude, it's totally because there's a quest ha- happening interesting. there. Yeah. Okay. So, but that felt so bad to me because yeah um you know this is in the middle you wanted, of the world you wanted to be rewarded you're like yeah i i, I solved your your yeah your you, your I, island puzzle and i did it through bugs <laughs> yeah like, you didn't, i skyrimed you, my way over to this island <laughs> exactly and and i i i, sh- I did it legitimately in, in, as ter- in terms of like pl- gameplay like i didn't well they're magic paintbrushes yeah i didn't use cheats or anything yeah. was, these were just objects that were in the game yeah and uh and i tried to get onto this this piece of land that i Thought I should be able to get onto, yep. and I couldn't. Yeah, and it felt if that was like a bummer for for me. Um, but in you know, in Zelda, it's just like climb whatever. Yeah, you can go wherever, do whatever. 
Um, there are like invisible walls in Zelda at the very periphery of the map. Oh right. Um, it'll just say you can't go this way anymore. Oh, okay, I haven't I haven't seen that. Um, um, the uh, that video I saw of of someone um, flying, they reached like the ceiling. Like, they couldn't actually get interesting. Any higher. Yeah. Okay. So you can't go all the way out. Boo. Uh, screw this. Can't yeah. go to space. Come on, Nintendo. Oh. Where's 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 Zelda in space, huh? How how high could he get? Uh, pretty 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 high. Oh like, yeah, taller than the tallest mountain, like easily. Mm. Like, why not uh, Zelda Vacuum of the Wilds? Where you get into space? <laughs> why not? Uh, no <laughs> Zelda Sky. <laughs> what about Zelda Space Rim instead of Skyrim? Skyrim Space Rim. Not not good. Um, nope, not good at all. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that game's awesome. Yeah, dude, it's great. I, I like, um, like we, I've I've been talking every time I talk to you about it. I kind of bring up the whole like, um, how Skyrim and and uh, The Witcher, uh, they fill their worlds, their open world with quests. So everything is all like quest related. Like you go somewhere, you find a quest, you do a thing. You go into this cave. There's some guys, but there'll be a quest there about them. In Zelda, there's very little of that like you're just you just wonder and they've just like they've just put interesting stuff all yep. over the place and they've done this this thing i've noticed where they'll have they have like big landmarks that draw you to an area because you're like i'm gonna uh well there was one thing for instance like i just saw an interesting looking tree and i was like that's an interesting looking tree i'm gonna go over there i bet there's a korok seed somewhere around there mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go over there started walking over there and I heard an accordion, and there's just like this bird guy playing an accordion that had like a riddle that I had mm. to solve, and so it drew me in with this big landmark. But there was also like a smaller, interesting thing there as well. And they do that; they, they seem that seems to be like the main way of um, of uh, creating their content. You know, is is this draw you in with the big stuff, and then there's like little stuff all around it. Mm. Um, I that's yeah. I mean, I've experienced the same thing. But even uh, what I've what I've also noticed is you go off the beaten track. You know, you've got... In World of Warcraft, I'm going to use World of Warcraft as an example. You've got these big world areas, and they're divided by mountain ranges for the most part. Like, yep. if, you, if you're if you in, like, um, the Badlands or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and you go you go north, and there's, like, the whatever, the, uh, the Iron Forge wetlands. Yeah, or whatever those, uh, those environment changes are real sudden as well. Yeah. You go from um, the wetlands to just to like a, a dry a, desert. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and there's just, like mountain ranges dividing them yeah and they're they're those are or at least in vanilla wow they were functionally meant to be impassable terrain mm. um and even when you could do like flying mounts in world of warcraft those were more just like quirky little easter eggs you could go to a place where there were uh wolpertingers instead of bunnies and they were chasing around rats or something mm. like that there was just some like weird quirky stuff um but there wasn't really any like quote-unquote content other than that yeah right? um in Zelda, it's like they they have a similar thing where like the world areas are kind of divided by mountain ranges to some extent. Mm. But then if you wander around in the mountain ranges, there's just full of little like Korok seed puzzles and like monster fights and like just cool stuff to find. Um, and it's not like the big uh, content. You, you're not going to like necessarily find shrines there, although sometimes you do. Um, but you're not going to n- find nothing either. It's, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, and even even the places that kind of have nothing, like the big uh, open fields of yeah. grass, they just 
are really nice to run through. Like, yeah, it's pleasant. Yeah. Um, and and then sometimes you you still find stuff. Yeah, like you, suddenly there's a guardian find... there, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, I have to deal with the guardian in this huge open plane. Yeah. How do I how do I deal with this? Well, there was there was a there was a spot I um went to uh, yesterday. Um, it was uh, it was up on a sort of hill area, and it was like this big sloping like plane on this hill. And I was just going along, uh, flying down, and the um the lod came in <laughs> the. And it was, uh, well, there was some popping, and it was one of these big spider guardian guys, and I was heading straight to it, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So performance is one problem with that game. Yeah, that, like, for sure. Like, playing it on the, the Wii U, like, it's it's definitely, there's lag. Frame rate issues, yeah. especially in uh, villages or places with, like, high grass density. Yeah. Um, villages are totally the worst. Yes. Hateno um, Village, for example. Uh, when there's lots of characters walk, walking around, yeah, and like lots of, because all of these buildings have like fully high detailed interiors, I assume that's all still mm. like loaded to and some all, degree. All the shops have um, the way you buy stuff. The items are just in the shop, like the physical items yeah, sitting you walk on the over shelf. To it and yeah, you and you walk over to it and you click on it. So all the like there are items active and yeah. everywhere. Like, yep, it's just those areas are just dense with stuff. Um, so here's one thing. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but this is this is relevant to the villages. You play a game like uh, Skyrim and probably The Witcher. You go to a city. There's lots of NPCs. Uh, a lot of those NPCs are guards or yep. um, like they're for color. They're like they have a couple – they have a line or two that they say. But otherwise they're just there to like more or less fill out the village, make it feel more alive. Uh, in Zelda, there are no uh, NPCs that don't have, like, interesting things. Have you noticed that? They all have, like, their own quite detailed conversations yeah. and, and multiple, like, stages to those conversations. Sometimes and... that's annoying. Because <laughs> I finished, finished that Guardian and I was like, I'm sick of these fish people. I want to leave. But I saw a bunch that wanted to talk to me and I was just like, yep, okay, tell me a story about uh-huh. about your... You're catching some frogs or something. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Oh, you want me to get some frogs for you? All right, that's that's cool. I'll do that. All right. Oh, what do, what do you want? Oh, you lost your mother. <laughs> it's just like there was a bunch of people that wanted me to get stuff for them, and yeah. I was just I, I just saved you from this guardian man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let me go. <laughs> that 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 location in particular has um has like a really high quest. Yeah, per, there's per a NPC lot density. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just I was gunning to get out of there because I'd right. spent so long in this area. I yeah I think when I so I I when I defeated that divine beast um I I hightailed it out of there and I came back later and I did a bunch of uh, quests yeah, and it was yeah. nice because I came back and I was yeah. like oh there's a whole bunch more stuff to do that's cool yeah. no I'm on my way out picked but, yeah. them all up and was like Jesus Christ I can see why you'd be like kind of fatigued after yeah that. um so you did your first divine beast yep um the elephant yeah so that that was cool like um. I thought that it was going to be like a uh, like a like a Dark Souls boss battle where you're up against this giant monster and you have to hit it with your sword, but it's totally <laughs> not. It's like like I never played a, a Zelda game before, but I've heard about you know the Water Temple and and all that sort of stuff. Mm. It was one of those. It was I guess that game's version of of those. Yeah, there's a dungeon basically. Yeah, there's a dungeon. Yeah, and I kind of liked it. And there was a boss battle at the end. Yep, but, but that was cool. Um, for those who haven't played. Uh, Severn, have you ever played a Zelda game? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, you you played uh, Ocarina of Time, right? Yeah. Do you remember the Water Temple? I do remember it. Do you remember how like yeah, hard remember. that one is? Yeah. 
as like a, a water temple is one of the most like complex dungeons i think yeah, i've heard ever. everyone talks about this water temple from ocarina of time but i've never Sucks, man it's um if you don't if you aren't prepared for the mechanic of the water temple it is a very it can be a frustrating experience mm. because it is based around um shifting water levels in this quite large structure to access different places but at the same time you you end up getting like boots that let you sink to the bottom of the water oh and so you have to there's uh, interactions between doing things to travel upwards when the using the water by raising the water levels but then also then revisiting lower levels when the water levels are high to re access things you couldn't access mm. before mm -hmm. again so there's like lots of um revisiting locations on, in in different states um and can you easily drown uh, I think no. you get a, like a blue tunic. Yeah, you get the blue tunic there, okay. so you're you're good. Oh, um, so it's just it's just mentally hard, not mm. like yes, yeah. You have to like remember you... this freaking layout of this temple. Uh, yeah, and okay. it's got tall roofs and yeah. certain locations. Um, it also has one of the most memorable Zelda fights where you fight uh, Dark Link. I I love sh I call him Shadow Link. Shadow Link mm. is that yeah? Um, it's functionally like a mirror of you, and when you use skills, he uses the same skills, mm. and, and oh, you clash wow. against each other and stuff. Wow, great! Cool. Yeah, it, it the, was it, the concept is fantastic. Um, and and finding a way around that was really enjoyable. Mm. Um, so anyway, uh, Zelda games are the, like the the dungeons are usually quite complex and can take like multiple hours. Um, in Breath of the Wild, the the four big dungeons are still probably I would say like half to a quarter of the size of your usual Zelda dungeon. Okay. So um, if you liked those, I, I really reckon you should mm. you should check out some of the the past Zelda games. I um, um I thought it was cool too because it kind of is an extension of the of the shrines. Yeah. Like you're using the same, you know, skills to like it's all it's sort of like um you've learned all these skills by and practiced them by doing shrines. Now now do a bigger version. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I, I really liked them. I wish they were longer personally. Right. Um, I would have. That is one thing that I think I miss about other Zelda games. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would have loved for Breath of the Wild to have a, a full-on, big, well-structured dungeon. Yep. Um, then the Divine Beasts show that like there is the potential there. Mm -hmm. But they, they I, I feel like they stop a little early for me. Right. Um, however, it yeah, it was that that one I did was I mean it took a while, but it still was like once I realized what to do, it was just a matter of doing it. Yeah, you know, um, um, and it it didn't seem, you know, I it, it didn't seem too short to me really. Like, I don't know, right? Well, by then again, you haven't experienced like other Zelda dungeons. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. I think, although I'd be, I would have been fine doing a bigger dungeon for sure like yeah if that was one part of a bigger dungeon then that's fine yeah um and that's why i wanted i yeah. wish it were one yeah. part of a bigger dungeon because it was enjoyable like once you figure it all like you know once you figure out the what you need to do mm -hmm. it's um it's really enjoyable because you're like yeah i'm a smart guy i figured this out not just that but um i also found that playing out like you you may figure out uh the steps and yeah. but still Oftentimes in a game, when you when you figure out the steps to a to a puzzle, then playing out those steps can be frustrating. Yep. Like previous Zelda games, you realize you have to push some blocks around onto switches in a certain order or whatever. Mm -hmm. But pushing those blocks around can be slow, right? And and can be frustrating, yeah. Because it's just like, oh, this, I know what I'm doing for the next like four minutes is pushing yep. blocks around. 
Um, there, there was a uh, there was a shrine that got a little bit like that for me, where um, you had to. There were these. Uh, there were these. There was a, a giant ball that you had to get on a platform, um, but it rolled down this uh, this uh, water like sloped waterfall, and you were supposed to use your um, your your ice block mm-hmm. move to sort of stop it from falling off the I edge know exactly at the end. Exactly what you're talking about. And then, yep. you, you so I had to stop it from falling off at the end, and then. I had to break the ice and let it roll a little bit towards the end and then freeze it uh, with using stasis yeah. because I had to knock it sideways along the edge to get to the <laughs> to the platform. Interesting. Okay, so you solved this a different way. Oh, really? Was yes. A- <laughs> um, so I'll try and describe the puzzle. It's a giant ramp, and the ramp has a few, like, uh, obstacles sticking out of it. There's, yeah. like, a, a half pipe that's raised. There's some, like, um, wedges um and there's some gaps and if the ball rolls off the edge uh it, start again. it starts at the st- at the top yeah um and uh there's water all the way down the ramp and there's water uh, on the back wall um now you have to like get it from like the back top left corner to the bottom right corner basically of this giant ramp right uh yeah yeah um but i don't think i i don't think like it doesn't roll down to that side. I don't think there's no. a wall blocking it. Yeah, you can't get it all the way to one side of the ramp and have it just roll onto the platform because right. there's a wall block. Yeah, there's there are, there are multiple obstacles in the way. Yeah. So the way you did it, you used a combination of cryonis and, and stasis. Yeah, right? yeah. I never used stasis at all. I didn't even consider it. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I used, I used, I basically made ice blocks to uh, block off. The gaps so yeah. that the ball would roll and hit a wedge and then roll to it in a yep. different direction. Yeah, and I would I got it basically to the the corner where there's this wall and yeah. I I raised it up over the wall. Oh, okay, and then it just it just and, fe- went and down it just fell side. in. Okay, that's um, cool. So it's that's it's funny. That even even when I'm like, oh, this is like a clearly structured puzzle with yeah. a single solution, and you're like, oh, I did this. Uh, yeah. I used the stasis and I knocked it to the side. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> but it was it was tricky. It took me two attempts because I had to the first one. It took me a, f- a few. Yeah, the, the the first time I used the stasis, I knocked it too far and it got stuck in a corner. <laughs> and then I was like, oh great, I can't get this thing out, and it ended up like falling off the the end after me trying to knock it a bunch. Right. But then so I had to. I had to kind of nudge it a little by little yeah, across this thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I can see that would be frustrating. Mm. Now, um, when I wanted to mention for uh, Severn, what's up? One of the one of the things about Zelda games you you can agree with me is like usually you get an item, and um, and that item is sort of the key to solving many of the puzzles, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, like I think the forced temple in, in Ocarina of Time it was the bow, right? Something like that. I don't remember, but yeah, you definitely needed to find something within it, and then it unlocked a whole bunch of garbage to get out of it. Right. I think like the the slingshot is in the Deku tree or mm-hmm. something. You, there's like you, there's a an iconic item in each dungeon, and that becomes the key to solving many of the puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Breath of the Wild doesn't have that. Um, each dungeon ha- still has a gimmick, mm. which is interesting. Um, Blake has only seen the first one, and the gimmick is the trunk. Oh, right? uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you gain access to moving this giant elephant's trunk up and down, and it's it's always it's constantly shooting water. Mm. Um, and that you use the angle of it shooting water to power these giant wheels. Mm. Um, and so 
Uh, this is the first Zelda game I can think of, at least. I, now, I, I didn't play a, a couple of them, but this is the first one where the dungeon itself was malleable. Mm. Um, and uh, I think they use that to great effect. You've only done the first one, and I think it's arguably the uh, weakest one in, in terms of levels of enjoyment. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to hear what you think of the other ones. I'm, I don't want to spoil the mechanic at all because they're, they're really just interesting. All right. Um, so, if you if anyone has played Breath of the Wild, I think they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's good. All right. Uh, good I um I I was really down about Zelda. Yeah. You know, weeks weeks back, and I told Nick and Blake the last time we were you, recording that I'd I'd come around. Yes, that's true. You but you you were looking at it and you're going, the art. It, it was visually not impressive. Art. I yeah I I really hated it. Um, but it's okay now. What? So <laughs> let's let's talk about what changed for you. Um. I watched a GDC talk okay. about Breath of the Wild, and it was the developers talking about it, and it was great. It was um they the the parts that were memorable about mm-hmm. this talk for me were um they were talking about how physics was used. Well, no havoc. Yes, they used ha- havoc. Havoc's physics system was used for that game, and they mm-hmm. were looking at it like this is cool. This solves all of our physics problems. Mm-hmm. And then they went on to create, I think they referred to it as like the chemistry engine. It's, the, it's everything driving fire, wind, water, and that kind of thing mm. in, in that game. Um, and that's awesome. I like how they took that concept and then just kind of built up uh, mechanics around that. And right. and that's where all these really cool um, gifts are coming from. <laughs> yeah. They, they, look at, they basically decided... Um, they wanted to bring some physicality to the world, right? Mm. You, you can light grass on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does, you know, fire do? It creates hot air and hot air has lift. Yeah. Um, and so they, they used um, like basic science knowledge to establish uh, interlocking mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, built gameplay out of those interlocking mechanics. Yeah. Really. And I love that. I, I love, I hadn't even thought of doing that kind of thing, but that's definitely w- what I think is missing in a lot of video games. Yes. And I think, man, I, I really hope a lot of people get onto this. Um, and, and we get more of this interplaying it with, with basic elements. Yeah. In, in open world games. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's interesting because like when we think of open world games, we really mainly think of the terrain, mm. right? If the terrain is, is the main feature. And then there's like, locations on the terrain that have interesting things mm-hmm. um and you know you've got npcs walking around towns like towns are full of interesting things that's cool yep but um the terrain is just there to put interesting things onto mm. and yep. it doesn't often itself serve to be interesting and and so much in open world games uh the interesting thing is a cave or a yeah or a, a dungeon or something, something that ends, you know? ends up being separate from the actual yeah world. yeah I think um, uh, physics and ragdolling were a big thing last gen. This one, I I can definitely see more developers getting on the uh, the chemistry engine side of things. Yeah, well, I hope so. Um, I I hope it's I I really hope that Zelda is um is the first in uh in a new wave of mm. of open world thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, the physics often was only there to make the world feel more realistic. Like uh, you rolling like a cabbage down a hill in Skyrim or whatever, you don't. It's not doesn't serve a purpose. Mm. Yeah, I was just trying to think. Are there even any physics 
type puzzles in Skyrim. There, there must be like some basic stuff somewhere, but not like. I think I mean, there not, might have been some like, like put some weight on a thing. Yeah, and the thing sinks down and raises yeah. up. Well, wasn't thing. that Half Life thing? Yeah, ha- Half Life did a lot of seesaw puzzles basically, mm. um, and uh, a few games did a little more than that, but you didn't really see that much more than like no. didn't, you never really got further than seesaw puzzles by much. Mm. Yeah, um, you. I mean, Portal was about flinging things in momentum, right? Um, that was their physics mm. and dropping dropping cubes into locations and stuff. Um, but it, it again didn't really it was mostly about things go doing arcs through the air yeah right mm. and, and inertia um, and it was never really more like how does chemistry work you mm. know what what does what how how does fire actually influence the physics yeah um, yeah I would love if Havoc just went in there and they're like wait a minute let's, let's yeah let's, build, let's do this <laughs> build out the chemistry thank side. you yeah, thank yeah. you Nintendo <laughs> just have it built in just <laughs> yeah yeah because they've established themselves pretty well um a lot of people use it you know when when people use physics and things it's it's that yeah mm. um and what's interesting i mean breath of the wild didn't even go that far down that path mm. they they they've really taken some early steps yep um fire is a really is a is a basic mechanic and you know wind is quite a basic mechanic mm. and the way they do ice is functionally just uh, a solid object on a liquid mm. right so um they're they're not doing anything super super crazy. It's not like um, you know you lay down a, a flammable material, light that flammable material on, and then mm. a blow the fire in a direction. You know mm. you're not doing that. Yeah. Um, but it's a huge step from what we have had. Yeah. Because um, usually you get a you know fire burning grass, and you'd be like, oh yeah, th- this this mechanic behaves independently of other things that, mm-hmm. but you'd never have these contrasting things mm. play against each other mm-hmm. and there was often like i mean i'm thinking of uh far cry 2 had uh flammable grass mm-hmm. and that was cool yep but that that was it yeah like you set some patch of grass on fire and then watch it and go man that's cool could could you then lure a uh, a rhino on top of this uh um grass or does it just scare them out i, I don't think well you weren't fighting animals; you were fighting oh, people. You? So people aren't. You're not going to lure. lure. I, I'm pretty sure the AI was smart enough not to walk on fire. Uh, yeah. Okay. But the, <laughs> hey guys, the, he's behind this fire. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> were they aware of it? The the people. Um, I don't. Of fire. I don't fully remember. Like, you know, they they totally were. Like, they they would run around and stuff. it would just it would just cause them to go into like a panic yep. state where they're just running around and 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 stuff. But yep. um. Like that was, uh, and that was cool. But like at the time, that was awesome um, because they sort of reacted in that way to it. But like Zelda has, you know, you got fire which you can hurt enemies with, um, but it also does the updraft thing that you can totally use to just like escape or whatever. Like yeah. it, it, it's like two things in um, one. It ends up being like quite useful in combat. Um, you have, I think, you fought a Lionel and got wiped out by it. I fought. Uh, it's a, it's the, it was the centaur dude. Yeah, one of the centaur dudes. And uh, what happened was, uh, I think he shot a lightning thing at me, and it set. I, I got I got really wasted, and I was like, I can't fight this guy. Yeah. And uh, he he uh, tried to hit me with some lightning, and it set the grass on fire. And then the updraft was there, and I was like, Fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And then flew off. On this, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I mean, you used it to escape, but yeah. you can also use it to attack. Like you can you can hover and 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 do oh, like yeah, a, yeah. a downward attack on yeah. it. You know. So uh, it becomes. Uh, useful it's not like there's a lot of puzzles that use it um and and fire is not like a new thing to the zelda series like zelda 64 had um 
you know, you light Deku sticks on fire and light torches. Oh, yeah. And you light your arrows on fire through torches and stuff. Yeah. Like, And this is all, this gets reused in in, um, in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Well, but but uh, the addition of, of, like, the wind interaction and the way it's, like, spreads a little bit and, mm. um, you know, there's just... The, the fact that it's now grounded in a, in this big open world um, and it plays out the way you would expect helps so much with the immersion and, and, and sort of the cohesion. There was a cool uh, little quest I did in a, in a town where um, this shopkeeper uh, gave me a, gave me a challenge to like light these, um, these torches on fire with a burnt, with burning arrows. Mm-hmm. And I just bought a whole bunch of burning arrows and I was like, this is going to be easy. <laughs> and then I thought like, and then I, I started doing it and I, I shot one and I was like, I don't want to waste these burning arrows just on these torches. But there was a, there was a, a campfire next to it. So I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll just use my regular arrows, which I got like a hundred something of, mm. just light them on fire and then shoot them at the torches. And I did that yep. and instead of wasting my- Did that exp- blow your mind? It, it it kind of did <laughs> yep. in a way. Like, Wait, I was like, oh yeah, on. I can do this. Yeah. I'm, I don't have to use- Fire the prescribed fire arrows. I don't think it was. I don't think you were meant to use the fire arrows. I'm pretty sure she just wanted you to light the torches. Well, I, I just, <laughs> well, she, did, she, she sells fire arrows, but she doesn't mention that you should use no, fire no, arrows. But, no, she said to light. She said light a torch with an arrow. Yeah, yeah. with the arrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's fire <laughs> arrows for sale. And I was like, I see where this is going. See, I did not go. Oh, I'll use fire arrows. I said, I'll use the campfire. <laughs> that was my first. Oh, thought. really? No, I didn't. I didn't. I was just like, because I, I shot the first one. I was like. Wow, these are kind of expensive. I don't want to yeah. waste waste these. Uh, okay, T- tell me, Nick, can you go fishing in this game? Um, there's no fishing rod. However, oh! however, you can go body fishing. There are fish, mm. and you can catch them. Like mm. you can physically like swim over to them and catch them, or you can like shoot them with arrows. Mm. Um, or oh, you can you throw can... a bomb into the lake. Yeah, you can geez. dynamite fish. Okay. Um, and do so they like float to the? surface? Yeah, they float to the surface. Oh, my goodness. Um, so yeah, you can you can go fishing through uh, uh, unusual with methods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with dynamite, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no fishing rod. <sighs> okay. Do you remember that in in Ocarina? Yep, I do remember. There was a little fishing game. Um, that, however, was like super janky. Mm. Like trying to get like the special lure or whatever it was. Yeah. The, you had to like sweep it next to a weird log, and it wasn't even like visible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just was great. Sweep it through this random pixel, and you'll get some some special thing. <laughs> Um, although I did, I probably spent a couple hours doing the fishing and like the shooting mini games and mm-hmm. the mini games do make return in breath of the wild. Um, Blake's heard about a couple of them, uh, but he hasn't. Oh, the heard. one that Dan spoiled. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's a few others. Yeah. I told gonna... him to stop, stop yep. talking and stop spoiling things. And he says, oh, okay. And then he spoiled some more stuff. And I was like, look, oh, man, man, you gotta stop talking to me. <laughs> uh, well, Hopefully, it hasn't ruined the experience. No, he only he 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 only talked about stuff that he'd done at the very end. So I was mm. like, ah, oh, this is this is stuff that. But it still it <laughs> robbed me of these nothing, those little nothing things. At the end of the game is a spoiler, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he robbed me of these like little tiny things that I was like, ah, oh, you gotta not tell me. Yeah, I honestly think this is a game. Uh, I'm probably saying this too late. <laughs> yeah. Listening, but this is a game where the less you know before you play, the better time you're gonna have. Yeah, it 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 really is like. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's such. It's just. I. It's kind of. It's kind of reinvented open world in a way. I think. Get out of here, Blake. I, I think it has. Like I don't. Well, the, the okay. The staples of op, like open world. A lot of open world games mm. had had fallen into the, the, you know, there's towers, 
there's uh you know quests everywhere everything's all quest driven mm. and the whole like see that mountain there you can climb it's like like yeah you could but what's the point mm. right um and you can't really climb it you have to skyrim yourself up mm. up up things yeah this is this is fully just like you see that mountain there. You can actually climb it, and there's probably a Korok seed or, yeah. or some little puzzle thing up there <laughs> yeah. to, to find. Like, I don't know. It's just it's it's just filled the world with interesting stuff that, like, if if there was similar, if like, mo- like uh, open world games moving forward, if they, you know, have a lot of quest driven stuff, but also allow you to climb all over the place and mm-hmm. like give you like awesome movement, like uh, like paragliding or. Or whatever you know. I mean, I I don't imagine Geralt is gonna jump on a get a get a paragliding thing, mm. but you know, lots of like little puzzle things all over the place that would just add make those games even even more fun. Yeah, you know? yeah. like GTA. Imagine if they're just like you see that building there, you can climb up that building, yeah. or you well, can go into that building and, you and jump um, above it. Yeah. All GTA games like you GTA, got a parachute, man. GTA Three had like the secret packages everywhere, right? Mm. I mean, they did. Okay. <laughs> there well, was like a hundred little secret packages. Oh, and every 10, you'd Korok get, seeds. You'd, you'd get like, um, like a weapon mm. uh, or, or some special thing that was just un- unlocked. And every time you unloaded, uh, you up, you loaded your game. Mm. It was just like a, a, like you'd get, when you got a hundred, you'd get the, the rocket launcher or something. Silly, okay. You know? Man, I talk about that game way too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we all, we all are in agreement, but that said, I'm probably heading in that territory with Zelda. <laughs> So I, I awesome. get it now. Yep. Um, I don't I don't know that I would say that they've like reinvented the open world. I would say that they have um, greatly improved upon it. They've they've taken right. uh, structures that uh, like archetypes um, and features that people have sort of come to expect um, and made them improved upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, you found a few towers at this point. Yeah, you've, you've noticed probably that. Each of the towers. Oh wait, has... I've heard of this shit before. Yeah, I know towers. towers. They got towers that do uh, the exact same thing bullshit. as every other. I know, right? Except that each tower has like a twist, right? Um, kind of like I, uh, I found two towers that had, um, I had difficulty trying to figure out how to get up. Like there was some some weird stuff happening. Yeah. Like the tower in itself is often a challenge. Yeah. Um, the first one when you get you just climb. Um. But then you found one that was like covered in thorns. Yeah, there was one covered in thorns, um, oh. and there was one also covered in, I guess, Ganon goo. Yep. Yuck. Yeah, uh, I know. It's super the, gross. <laughs> is this the the Akala region one? Yeah, yeah. That one is like built on a castle, like a ruined yeah. castle, and um, there's all these patrolling robots. Yeah. And like monsters surrounding it, and you have to sort of navigate your way stealthily. Yeah. So I I ended up like I mean I guess the only way to get up there was to climb, and there were like these uh. These sort of outcroppings of um, castle, like uh, balconies, I guess you'd like quite large sort of areas where you can like rest and wait and and stuff. But um, I got halfway through that up there, and it started to rain, <laughs> and you can't reliably climb in the mm-hmm. rain because you'll fall down. Mm-hmm. So I, I basically just had to wait on these ledges for the the rain to stop, and then maybe like when it was raining, try to climb up smaller little ledges along the way there, and it mm-hmm. took me forever to get up there <laughs> um you i don't know if you've learned this but you can you can create a campfire yeah i know but you can't create a campfire in the rain yeah you can I, i'm pretty sure you oh, can shit. you definitely can are you sure yeah you drop some wood yeah you drop a 
like a, a flint. flint. Yeah, and you hit it with a metal. Yeah, thing. and and the wood catches on fire and turns into a campfire. Yeah, but the rain will put out the. Nah, I'm pretty sure it does. It, I, I promise you, it doesn't. <laughs> this doesn't sound. Man, this doesn't sound like chemistry engine, man. Yeah, because there was there was there was a there was another shrine that had um, thorns all over it. Mm. But when I got to it, it was raining, so yep. I was like. I'm just going to have to wait until yep. the rain stops. So I just <laughs> yep. sat there waiting for the rain to stop. Um, I think uh, non-camp fires will go out more quickly if it's, if it's raining. Right. But campfires, for just for the sake of like ease of gameplay, oh, okay. because they are things that you can use to pass time, yeah. um, they basically create a game uh, object right. in the world that you can then activate. Well, I guess the thing is, because I've seen like, uh, static campfires, like yeah. NPC campfires, go out in the rain. Yeah, you can relight them. So I was just like, oh, things, and your fire arrows don't work in the rain. This is true, yeah. So it made sense to me that <laughs> campfires wouldn't work in the rain. Uh-huh. Here's a, I find the arrows uh, interesting with the with their weather interactions. Yeah. If you, um, you've been to the Death Mountain region. A little bit, I haven't like, did you get close enough to start taking damage? No. Okay. It gets very hot. Yeah. And um, in fact, you eventually like catch on fire. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I I don't know that this is spoiling anything. I don't think it is. But um, and this is more like a warning. Don't try and use um bomb arrows. <gasps> oh, because they'll blow up. Because they blow up immediately oh, in your hands. Oh my god. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I like that. Um, I I. I think I nuked myself three times before, oh, before I was like, you realized. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm well, dumb. dude, I used to. I like bomb arrows don't work in the rain either because I found that out by yeah because they've got a fuse on them. I think yeah, chucking bomb arrows at a camp and being like, <laughs> why is this not working? Uh, I I really I like the weather interactions. Yeah. it it matters in a way that it doesn't really matter in most of other games. Yeah, yeah. When like the cli- like the climbing thing can get. Uh, annoying and when you're in a situation where you're halfway up a mountain and it starts to rain and you're like "Uh oh yeah um but generally i quite i actually ended up end up liking it because it just makes you think of um other ways to like get around mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. you know like if you're you're sneaking up on someone and you're like oh, i'm gonna climb up this thing and then it starts to rain you're like well i can't climb up there i'm gonna have to find another way to sneak around so the the divine beast you just did, yeah. The whole area is basically raining. Yeah, yeah. You can't climb up anything. Yeah, um, and so they use that like it's it's driven by a story element. Um, so it's it's constantly raining. You can't really mm. do anything about it. Um, but it then creates an interesting dynamic for that part of the world for a while. Mm. You know, you have to navigate the world without climbing. Yeah, or at least um, use climbing in short, careful bursts. Mm. You know. And that's that that whole thing like adds to that journey because it's quite a winding path yeah. to get to the city, um, and then when it stops raining and it's all done, you can just ju- like climb up stuff and paraglide, and yeah. you're, you're back and to where you were in like a few minutes, a few seconds. It's... Yeah, you feel like you've unlocked something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to talk about something related to Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah, you guys are both terrain artists. Um, sure. Yeah, well, I'm one of those guys. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> So you you do a mix of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and so do you, Blake. But of, often the things you, that you're working on are parts of terrain, right? I, I, I pretty much only do yeah, you, terrain. I'm, but you'll like you'll model an object. I'm a one trick pony here for terrain or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, and Zelda takes place in a, a post-apocalyptic world, right? Mm-hmm. To some extent, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's like a Fallout. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they've got like uh, super well, weapons. Well, no, uh, it is because you come out of a vault at the start. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yes. Yep. That's, you know, fair argument. 
but no, you you you're, you see ruined cities and you yeah. see ruined buildings and stuff. Um, and you know, Path of Exile has Sarn. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I was interested in the way they did their ruined cities. Um, I actually quite I haven't like I've seen ruined towns. Yeah, I mean, is that what you're talking about? They're just like a small collection of collapsed buildings. Is that what you're talking about? There's some of that, but like the castle, for example. Oh, okay. I haven't I haven't seen like you climb around not not the the Hyrule castle. Oh, you mean although, the the castle although, with the the Ganongu all yeah, over the tower? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the tower castle that you climbed. Yeah, up. yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the the way they they portrayed that, um, yep. and in fact, uh, in the Zora region, there was a a building you probably haven't found it yet. Yeah, um, I found it sort of, I don't know, like eighty hours in something like that. Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, but there's like a, a a tipped over bell tower, which oh cool. um, was just, like I, when I stumbled upon, it, I was like sort of awestruck by how cool it was. Wow. Um, at just seeing how they they created their uh idea of a of a city that has faced destruction mm. um was interesting to me but so it, that, i like that it's uh i mean a little bit like um like horizon it's a beautiful post-apocalyptic yeah. environment it's not a fallout where everything's garbage and rotting it's just as you're like yeah this this place might be a apocalypse place but right it's nature's nice. nature's taken over yeah basically. yeah yeah it's got all the it's got all those guardians that have been like defeated and they're littered all over the place and they've got moss growing on them mm-hmm. and it's it it's totally reminds me of uh what is it uh that Hayao miyazaki movie um castle in the sky i think yeah yeah where there's a robot that's like covered in moss and mm-hmm. this this castle has got all these robots covered in moss all over the place it's such mm. a cool such a cool thing. So, like, um, I was even going to mention, there's, uh, on the way to Kakariko, you you pass through, like, a, a region that's just got hundreds of, yep. of these guardians littered. And, and like, you, you go past a wall that has, like, guardians crawling over it that were, mm. that, you know, they were destroyed as they were crawling over it. So they're still just there. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting to me because that's environmental storytelling, yeah, right? Yeah, it totally is. Like, um, I talk about how Zelda's story is dumb. Um, what that's, but that's when it's telling you the story. Yeah. Um, when it's, when it's showing you the world and using that to tell the story, it's yeah. much more interesting. Yeah. That, that stuff's actually really cool. Cause you can see where the battles took place, you know, yeah. like the, um, that, that tower I was talking about that had the, as again, and stuff all over it, uh, below that, there's like a section where there's a bunch of them, those, uh, defeated guardians mm-hmm. and you're like, oh yeah. So this army like came up here and a bunch of them got wasted, but they eventually like destroyed that. Yeah. They overran it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you also find like weapons in interesting locations that sort of tell a story. Mm. Um, the, the wall I was talking about with the guardians crawling over it. Uh, I mentioned this before, but there was like a sword and a shield, like a rusted sword and a shield. Oh yeah. Lying against a rock there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which was interesting, you know? Um, so. yeah. Like actually talking about that, um, the, the plateau is really good for um ruined stuff yeah and the thing is that i got the i got a weird like dark souls vibe from it like Mm. even though the game is completely bright and colorful it was just like if that like because it's a giant plateau and the the cliffs of the plateau are these huge like castle walls yeah all ruined and stuff i mean that's almost straight out of a dark souls game it's except it's all nice and colorful yeah like it's, if that was in Dark, that would not be out of place in Dark Souls. A giant wall that just goes off into, you know, 
it, just off a precipice uh, yeah, into, yeah. Into, into dark mist or whatever yeah, you can cancel yeah. bottom is. Um, you can you can make a colorful game and still have it like feel kind of scary at times. Mm. You know, it's cool. I like that game. Have I mentioned that? I like that game. <laughs> you might have you might have said it once or twice. So when you're done with it, Severn, do you want to borrow the Wii U? <laughs> no, thank you, Nick. What? <laughs> Dude, I gotta I gotta talk about the buttons. Okay. Yep. Um God damn it, like <laughs> You've mentioned that a quite, quite It took a few me times. it literally took me like the first weekend I had, I was struggling with my own hands. Like <laughs> I I it took me so long to like get used to the the button placement mm-hmm. and, and the controller itself, the Wii U controller is so fat and and annoying <laughs> and I have I got a sore hand from like clawing my my thumb to press like the map button. It's it was it <laughs> is it is just what the hell? Have you gotten better at it? Yeah. <laughs> do you do you, ha- do you still have problems at all? Um, nah. I got used to it, but I mean, um, <laughs> I, actually, I still every once in a while, um, because you, you jump on your horse and then you you double tap the I guess the action button to to gallop. Yeah. I still quite often hit the um back button because I double tap the back button because right. every um, other game I've played when you jump on a horse like Witcher or um. Horizon, you you double tap that 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 bottom button to to gallop, and every every time on on uh, Zelda when I'm not thinking about it, I'll jump on my horse and then jump straight off. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that a bunch. Yeah, um, it is weird. It's the it's the PlayStation and the Xbox both mm. have. Oh, and what what is the, it? They've got um, I've got it here. They've got, <laughs> yeah, they've got the the Y button. Whenever it p- comes up with a prompt to. Um, click Y. I press the top button because yep. I'm so used to Xbox's Y yeah. being at the top. Yeah. yeah, I've done that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it takes some getting used and to. If you if you're like a multi console owner or whatever, it's, yeah, I, it's, it I, I I reckon they they do that because they want people to be so accustomed to that that it's <laughs> difficult for them to change you said to that, anything else. And I pointed out the Super Nintendo controller from like 1992 <laughs> is is the same layout. <laughs> it's like Well, maybe that I mean they, they stuck <laughs> with it. Predates Xbox by more than a decade. <laughs> well, they stuck they stuck with it and they're just like, "Ah, oh, these other consoles have switched. We're going to stick with it." And now we have this added bonus yeah. that it's going to be so difficult for people to switch back that they just won't bother. We were meant to talk about some other stuff. Mm. We're we're almost at a time, aren't we? I think we are. Um are there any questions we've got? I can't. We, we do have some questions. I also wanted to mention really quickly with the Hearthstone. <laughs> All right, was. yeah. Um, it's uh, it's themed around the Ungoro crater. Right. Did you play World of Warcraft? You did. Yep. You know Ungoro. Yep. So the set is full of dinosaurs. The Lost World. Exactly. You got those dinosaurs will actually sneak up on you. Yep. The the T Rex. The T Rexes that suddenly appear behind you and yeah. you get one shot. Yep. Fun. <laughs> um. So yeah, this, it, it, there's lots of dinosaurs in this set. Cool. They've got some interesting new mechanics. They've, each class has a quest card. It's a legendary spell, first legendary spell in the game. Um, and I don't know how I feel about these yet. I don't know if I've... So basically, it's a one-cost spell. If you have it in your deck, it just starts in your opening hand. Oh, wow, Okay. So it's like the thing you can play on turn one. And then you play it, and then each class has its own quest archetype. Hmm. Um, For example, uh, the rogue is play a monster with the same name four times. 
the mages like play like five or six spells that didn't start in your deck. Hmm. Um, the priest one is play like six or seven death rattle minions or something. Um, so it's basically saying play play a death rattle deck. Play a, play a deck with uh, lots of cards that generate spells. Play a, play a bounce back to your hand deck. You know, it it spells out the archetype very clearly, and I don't know how I feel about. Oh, that. um, so it's like uh... it feels like they're kind of trying to force a meta. Oh, Do you know okay. what I mean? It's like uh, we've right now they've got like these jade golem decks where you you just play tons of jade golem cards, um, and like they had these three different deck archetypes for the previous set. There's like the jades and the hand buffing, yep. and um and like the play one of everything decks. And now it's just like the each class. Here's your archetype. Go at it. And I kind of feel like is that really like either these are going to be really strong, and then that's all you're going to see, or these are like um, noob traps. You know, right? Because you can't really have both. I don't think. Mm. So we'll see how it plays out. It's really it only came out like a couple days ago. I've only played a little bit of arena. I don't really play mm. constructed very much, but I do pay attention to like mm. the constructed meta to some extent. It's how very... many uh, different types of packs can you buy now? Because um, they, I'm pretty sure they stopped yeah. selling certain ones, right? The things that are no longer in standard um, are no longer for sale. Okay, um, and that includes the solo adventures. Where you oh, have right. like structured quests, basically, and, yeah. like, and cool puzzles and stuff, which is like a huge bummer because that's my favorite content. Mm. They've also said they're not doing any of those this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. Those are the only things I've ever spent money on. So, I yeah, because the last... just lost a customer blizzard. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I mean, I'll still play it, but I'm not spending any more money. <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, use my gold. Oh man. Um. Yeah, because their their last one. Uh. The uh the gangs of Gadgetzan, yeah. right? Um, that mean wasn't streets an, of Gadgetzan. Yeah, yeah, that that wasn't an adventure nope. mode, right? And oh man, now they're just doing like card sets. They said that they're gonna have like some solo mission stuff, probably designed around uh some of the future sets. Mm. Like as part of it, you know, they they release these bunch of cards and um there's some cool missions mm. or whatever. Um, and that that could be good, but I really liked that there was like. 20 awesome things to do and like in and then there were heroic challenge versions of them and like class mm. challenges those were all really fun i'm sad that that's not gonna happen anymore now you oh, did they say they're not doing that anymore at all yeah or at least not or just this year i don't know and i it was definitely at least this year mm. so we'll see what do you got severn <laughs> yeah i keep going i want to find out you've been playing we, we talked a little bit about horizon mm. Um, and you, you talked about we talked about how the more people play it, the less in love it with it they seem. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and you, you've played some. And yeah, you've also it sounded like you quite early on you started kind of losing that. What do you want me to desire. say? Nick? Well, no, I'm curious. Like, <laughs> why? What? What was? Um, why do you think that is? Um, I I see what kind of game it is. It's a, it's a witcher ass game. <laughs> um, so it's great. <laughs> so is it, now we say that, uh, is, are we just talking oh, like I'm, it's, I'm it's just, an RPG? Or, yeah, it, it's one like of those RPGs? games that you put 50 hours into. And I'm not cool with it. How many hours have you put into GTA? Jeez. The, the, on, the multiplayer, <laughs> a whole bunch. 
Single player? Um, I, I've only played through it once. So that's 20 hours, maybe. Okay. Um, but with Horizon, yeah, the, it's, it's, the, the environments are kind of different. The animals, dinosaurs and stuff, that's cool. That's worn off too. Um, the fact that it's robot dinosaurs just topped being an oldie. Well, I, I had to make my way to Meridian. So yeah. I, I was just trying to gap it across the, uh, the canyons. And I'm, I, I feel underpowered, so I'm just getting out of there. Mm. I, I I saw a T Rex, and I did not even want to approach. Oh that thing. shit! T-Rex that, is... that scared the shit out of me. Mm. Um, and it has like a radar on it. The thing's oh, just God. like glowing with freaking components that you can rip off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm too scared. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your problem with the game is that it's too scary. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. That. It's, it's that I, I, I know I could get lost in that, and, and I've got too much stuff on right now, and I, I don't want to commit time to it. It's too so, good. It's, yeah. it's too good. You're losing interest in it because you're afraid you're going to become too interested in yeah, it. Yeah, interesting. That, that's exactly it, Nick. That's fascinating. Um, but but it's it's got bad lip sync when i when i see bad lip sync it bothers me it breaks okay. immersion you, you know i did see good lip sync this uh last night when mm-hmm. i was playing it it's fucking great um is this hot chick blonde uh but i don't know it, it's dramatically better than everyone else it, it even looks better than the main like character. they spent a lot of time working on her i couldn't believe it her, her <laughs> face model's really good too do you think that's like one artist that's like, I'm going to put my mark on this game? I think so. Because <laughs> it looks way too good. <laughs> or maybe they were doing like a vertical slice and this is the one they chose. This was the E3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah she, she's a chick that will ask you to go for relics. She's like a, a merchant chick in, in Meridian City. Mm. Um, and you'll see it and you'll not be able to not see it. it it's too good, that lip sync. It stands she's, out. She's it's so good it stands expressive. out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, cool. it's, it's way too good. She's got like um, really thick black eyeliner. Um, got the panda blonde. eyes? She's got some panda eyes. Is she is uh, Zoe Deschanel type? Uh, uh, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but whoever worked on that um <laughs> definitely it pays off man it's That's a shame awesome. that the rest of the game couldn't right. be like that it's just is just inconsistent that, yeah for um, sure when i saw that i was like they they can do it <laughs> they just chose not to <laughs> maybe yeah. that's the one they started with and then realized dude it took us like three months to do this one character <laughs> <Yeah>. uh <laughs> we've got like hundreds of characters mm. so it, yeah it was really cool seeing that and, and i i would like to spend more time but right now i'm, I'm short of time yeah, and so are we. So yeah. this is going to be a slightly long episode because I also want to just answer a couple questions. Oh, we've, can, we've can just I pick be so one? lax. Can, can I pick a, a question? Yeah, I've got I've got one that I read. I think it was on YouTube. Oh, okay. Uh, first of all, before you do it though, I just want to say um, thanks at Loxy Reed. You know what you did. You know what you did. You know what you did. I we, think know, I, we know what you did. <laughs> I think I know what you did. Um, yeah. So. There was a comment on YouTube, and the guy was talking about inventories and how they're not like fully fledged out. Yeah, is, is that in the question? I think there's one on here by um, um, I derp a lot. Okay, do you want me to read this one out? Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. I think this, this is the one. Yeah, from I derp a lot. Guys, love me some open world games. I think everyone will agree that the open world genre is seeing its best games to date. However, personally, I feel as though key game systems of open world games haven't changed in ages. 
One such system in particular is inventory systems. Most of us struggle IRL to carry a backpack with a laptop and say three uni books in it and run and jump at the same time. Yet characters in Horizon manage to carry a metric shit ton of stuff. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that inventory systems need to get a realism update to portray our everyday reality that we cannot carry everything with us all the time. This isn't applicable to inventory systems like the one PoE uses. I think it would ruin the game a bit. But I think Horizon and games alike and future games should could do with more severe form of inventory management that resembles reality more closely. It says hashtag my two cents. Great podcast as always. Thank you. Um, I completely disagree. <laughs> disagree? Yes. Okay. Um, but you, let's start with you, Safran, because it sounds I, like... Yeah, I thought that was a cool idea. And, um, I, you know, I never played Daisy-type games, but I get the feeling that they have a decent inventory, more realistic kind of... Do they? Um, I I haven't actually played it, but I was thinking Daisy as well. Like, mm. survival games are kind of as close to that sort of thing as you can get where you're really limited in what you can carry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd see. I, I, I'd personally, it, it'd be cool to have a video game where you, you have a backpack and you're walking across. And if you're engaging in fights, you have to like put this backpack, yeah. hide it, hide it somewhere yeah. and then pull out some weapons. I, I guess it'd be really cool in like a last of us mm-hmm. type game. I, yep. um, I, I really like the idea that, um, of your in-game character actually like having the weapons stored on the model you know so if you're carrying five swords there's five swords on your back you know if 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 you're carrying a shield and you got you know but uh full of duty man you've got a primary and a secondary yeah yeah some grenades yeah yeah and and they're all seen on your body right Mm. like yeah i i like that idea because like um i mean the witcher he's got like his two swords and and stuff but he's also got like hundreds of crafting components and i don't know where the hell he's storing all that Mm. so um i agree that it's a cool system i like limited inventories um but it really depends on the game it's got to be a balance of like like is it actually negatively impacting the game yeah i think um severn's point that survival games are probably the best suited to it especially multiplayer survival games Mm -hmm. um the idea of putting your backpack down stashing it somewhere and then like trying to take someone on for that higher mobility that's Mm. that's fantastic that's a great idea that's Um, a real that's a daisy survivor yeah yeah i I can't think of a game that does anything like that but i don't play too many games so yeah or it'd be a or it'd be a real like uh like survivor kind of uh like last of us type situation right where it's a, a single player game but it's like you know that that kind of thing has worked into the the system. I, yeah, I, I like what would play out in that scenario where you could you could just get a guy distract him. You know, he's he's like gearing up for a fight, and then you yeah. steal his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just yeah. Like, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> it? It's a that's a great idea. Like, the, the, there's definitely emergent gameplay there. Mm. Um, I would hate it if Zelda had that. Like, that would be so that right now you've got limited weapon and like bow space, like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you can expand that. And actually, I quite liked the before I found out you could expand it. I was fine with like having three or four weapons. Um, yeah, you said you had like oh, like what two hundred or hundred something Korok seeds before you <laughs> even found out that you could use them to expand yeah. your inventory. So yeah. you're walking around with like four weapon slots for like most for of the game. Most of the game, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the thing is, um, I despite having like those four weapons, I had hundreds of like. Uh, choo choo jellies oh, and yeah. like all of the yeah. wet, uh, like animal components and recipe components. Um, 
And the fact that I could see something and like a mushroom or whatever on the ground and pick it up mm. and not have to worry about, oh, I've got too many mushrooms. I loved it because uh, in games like Oblivion, where collecting is like a big part of the fun, like in Oblivion and Skyrim, finding stuff and collecting it is a, a lot mm. of the fun for me. Um, then having to like throw away, oh, which which flask is actually more useful? You know, mm. like um, I find that very frustrating and kind of tiresome. Mm. Um, being over encumbered in an older Elder Scrolls game has meant you couldn't move at all, and in newer yep. ones meant you moved slowly. Um, I remember in Fallout Three finding, uh, what was it some some power armor or like something really cool, and I was like, I really want to take this back to the town to sell. Um, and I'm pretty sure you couldn't fast travel while you were over encumbered, so I just walked a quarter <laughs> way across the map because mm. I was like, I'm going to sell this and it's going to be sweet. And I so, remember slowly trudging across the map. Like, the, and they have fairly generous inventories. Yeah. No, no person is carrying 400 flasks, right? Yeah. Um, but if they, if it was like realistic and you can only carry like a handful of things, mm. I would, I'd probably have a miserable time. Yeah. It also means that, um. Like for purely like game design reasons, you probably wouldn't want to put that many items in the game because giving a player four hundred things to look at in a dungeon yep. and, and they can only carry a small th- number of things yeah. means like it's it's just there's there's a conflict there. Um, you know what it is, Nick? We're too materialistic. It <laughs> oh. is what it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love collecting stuff. So many games are about collecting things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're still playing Pokemon. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I like collecting things. Um, so Same materialism, yeah. bro. Yeah. I think there is a there is a game where extremely limited inventory is fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. It's called The Last of Us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that's a that's an exactly the kind of game that. We're... Um. But yeah, no, like, to- I, I survival games are totally yes. where this is. Like, this yeah. is a core part of it. Is you can only carry so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, limited uh, resources is a has been a core element of uh, scary games for a long time. Yeah, like yeah. Resident Evil, you had very few bullets so like um it's it's a fantastic way to build tension and mm. suspense and and fear um but i don't think all games need that and i definitely don't think that most open world games would be suited mm. to that the only thing i would really like is um just just i i don't know in zelda uh maybe it would be <laughs> maybe it would be ridiculous but i do like the idea of like the weapons and stuff that you're carrying shows on your character like i, I just think that's kind yeah. of cool like but i mean <laughs> I you, you do get saying. you do I get disagree to a point, here no but, but you you do get to a point where it's like you're carrying silly. four or five or six shields and you're like yeah that's just kind of ridiculous your character's well, gonna be ridiculous i got to a point where i had 25 weapons so, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it, it's a bit silly yeah well um, yeah i mean yeah but that's a game about fun and having a good time. It's not a game about trying to simulate a real world. What is fun? That's a. That's we'll, another... we'll answer that question next week. Um, <laughs> Blake's going to have a great answer for us next week. Oh, shit. Uh, if you have an answer for what fun is, uh, email us frontseatquestions at dmelt.com or tweet at us at frontseatcast. You can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash frontseatcast. Uh, we've got a WordPress site, frontseatgamer.wordpress.com. And we've got a YouTube channel. Um, we're also on the Australia, Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. That's AGPN on Twitter. And they've got a group, AGPN Network, on Facebook. Um, so check them out. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, and thank you guys for being here, as always. Thank you, Nick, for hosting. We didn't Great. even talk about Chromacom. 
No, we didn't. Oh, oh my god, god you're right. We totally went to ChromaCon and then didn't talk about it. After we after we oh. said, let's go to ChromaCon so we can talk about it. Yep. yep. Next week. Yeah, all yeah. right. Or or next two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Whatever. Bye. Yeah. Gone. Should we just talk about Blake? Blake's like, what do you think, Blake? Like, what real talk? What, what do, do think? I think of Blake? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he's giving a thumbs down. So Vern's giving a thumbs down right now. Mm-hmm. He's, he's now he's like doing two thumbs down. Mm-hmm. It's really mean to Vern. Yep. What do you think of Blake? He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, but you're pulling <laughs> m- little fingers and stuff at him, just like at his chair, his empty chair yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't like the chair. Yep. It's, I mean, you, you know, it doesn't look comfortable. And you're doing this, he smells kind of gesture right now as well? Yeah, I mean, he does smell. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Yeah. I mean, it's, he can't help it, though. Mm. I think it's like a medical condition. Mm. It's got incurable stink of tongue. <laughs>